seats. It's a big day. It's a big day. Do you know it's a big day? I mean, you know, like there may be some other things going on outside of here, but you know, it's a big day in the house of the Lord. You know that too, right? We're gonna we're gonna spend the whole day feeling the tension of what's happening outside. And what's happening inside, and we're going to live in that tension because that's what we're supposed to do as Jesus followers, right? Live in the tension because it's exciting right now in Cincinnati. I know some of you are watching all over the world and all across the country, and I love that about you. But let me tell you something. In Cincinnati, online viewers, (laughs) there's something palpable in the air, right? It's Super Bowl Sunday. Who day? Today is the day, right? Uh, all right, so here, this is what today's going to be like. Get used to it, right? A lot of you guys have been reaching out to me saying, just, Pastor, could you, could you say a special prayer? Could you pray a, a special blessing? Could you say All right, so here's what I just want to, like, put this out there right now. I've done a lot of research, and I want you to see this, okay? In the Bible, there are no bangles mentioned in the Bible, Rams are mentioned frequently, but they always get slaughtered. Just saying, I was doing my my, my Bible research for all of us, all of you. So here's the deal. Uh, uh, I I have a gift uh, for some Bengals fans, all right? So, uh, but I want to know who is the oldest Bengals fan in the room, okay? But here's, here's the thing. If you're a Bengals fan, like, you, you've got to have some swag on, right? you got to have some sort of representation on, all right? So if you have some sort of swag on and you are over the age of 65, put your hand in the air. I'm going to need help. Okay. All right. Okay. Should I jump higher? 70. 75. I got two over here. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Volunteers, help me out. 77. 78. Nine. 80. Was that it? Was that, was that it? The, eight, the 79? Right here? Do I got this right? Okay, I got to see it, right? He said he's got to have bangles here. Oh, I see it. It's right there. All right, sir. Skyline favorite. Do you want Skyline or La Rosa's? Skyline or La Rosa's? Skyline for you, sir. Who did? Okay, so here's another one. The youngest. The youngest. Wait, no, no. No, they're yelling. The Oh, they're both 79. What? I don't understand. Y'all ain't working with me. Oh, no, no. So I've got a youngest and an oldest. The oldest is over there. How old? They're both 79. Baby girl, boy, I'm, I'm, I'm going to help you out. Uh, I know your mama. I'll make sure you get something. <laughs> I do know his mama. That's Donna. All right. Now, they got to have some bangles gear. Uh, orange or black or yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
La Rosa's for you, sir. La Rosa's for you. Thank you. God bless. There is joy in the house of the Lord today. This, this, just get used to this. This is all day. All day we're doing this, okay? Uh, this doesn't always happen, right? So you got to lean into the moment and enjoy this moment. Uh, who knows? As, as, you know, as somebody from up north in, in that in that Cleveland area, I've never experienced this. <laughs> so I'm like a kid in a candy store right now. This is amazing. Now, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but um, a, a couple weeks ago, uh, we had one of our Super Bowls, okay? I, and you may not know this, but we actually have three Super Bowls around here. You probably know two of them, right? Where, where it's all like all hands on deck, everybody's hyper-focused, right? Christmas, e- Easter, and the third one is the Big Chill. So I want to bring up our youth movement leader, the Big Lebowski of Student Ministry, Fairfield's favorite son, Reed Sapp. Give him a big round of applause. Let's go. I don't, I don't even know what Big Lebowski of something means. Well, listen, it's, it's a compliment. At oh, okay, least, okay. At least Thank for me, it's a compliment. Thank you. Because Thank you. the Big Le- man, you don't know Big Lebowski? No, not really. Dang, I'm old. Sorry. I'm so old. Sorry. Or like really lost, right? Yeah. I'm a heathen, right? Both equally. Yeah. Uh, so listen, uh, for those of you that maybe don't know Big Chill, Big Chill is a four-day event where we gather students, uh, middle school through high school, and That's we it. just create an environment that says we are for you. We love you. We want to let you know that this is a safe place for you, that Jesus loves you, and we want to tear down the walls of lies and insecurities and pain. And so uh, I asked Reed, um, give me one uh, a cool story from one of the students' lives. Yeah, so uh, we every year we kind of have this thought where we're like, hey, how do we level up from last year? We do that with all of our events. Every Sunday we're like, how do we just level up in some way? Uh, Next level of Jumanji. Yeah, right. Right. So this year we were like, well, man, uh, 2020 showed us a lot. So how do we get Big Chill but in the hands of students that can't attend? Um, so we took a giant stab uh, with Lexia kind of heading the way of how do we do online and put it in their living room, put it on their phone, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and so one of the really cool stories that come out of that is we didn't really have a whole lot of oh, viewers. I know where you're going, yeah. Uh, but one of our students was watching our, our second night and decided to come night three in person and get baptized. And so for us, it was just an awesome. Praise God, right? Yeah. It was just an awesome, like, yeah, trust God. Trust God to do the thing. Uh, and he's going to work in ways that we just can't see. So that was, that was so cool. Yeah, was I awesome. remember you telling me, like, there was somebody who's been watching online. They're coming in tonight to be baptized. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, it was Awesome. Cool. Now, for you as a leader, uh, like, as a leader, he already said, like, you're trying to level up. But, like, what's another thing as a leader, like, Man, uh, this is a personal takeaway for you. Yeah, personal takeaway for me is we always uh, beat the drum of our student team wants to do nothing more than focus on Jesus. And past that, uh, he's going to work out the things for our good. He's going to work out the things for, that are supposed to be worked out. Uh, and our team, uh, in case you don't know, is incredibly good at that. And so uh, they kept just uh, drilling that home for this event. Uh, and he did. I mean, God came through, worked in a, a bunch of crazy ways for us, uh, in a bunch of ways that are awesome, not for this church, but for other churches too. 
And so uh, my takeaway when we get to Big Chill isn't really like the, the number that we have or how many get baptized or, or whatever or how many other churches come and get involved. Those are things we care about. Um, but it's always the reminder of like focus on Jesus, put him first, and then let's just see what happens. So, Give him applause. You can drop the mic. That's it, man. Good job, dude. Good job. Good job. I'm so proud of Reed, Lexia, Nick, Caitlin, Sarah, this whole front row, all the students, everybody that pours into the next generation. Tony's sitting right there like, listen, that is the right now of everything we're doing. Now, you need not, not like that's the future. That's the right now, fanning the flames of being reckless for Jesus. So I'm so proud of you. Give him a round of applause. I mean, it's really hard. Like, I've got so many things to celebrate and going on. It's cool. It is the burden, uh, and I appreciate this burden, the burden of much. Uh, and that's, that's, you still have to, to <laughs> that's a burden to wield well. Last Sunday was a big Sunday, RSVP Sunday. I'm so overwhelmed by the number of people in our ecosystem that said, I'm all in, right? That was huge. All right, we had this RSVP weekend and said, hey, you know, fill out your card. Are you in and all that? So, man, I just say thank you for everyone who turned one in. Uh, Here's a couple of my favorites uh, that they wrote a note on the card. Uh, This one said, uh, I'm in. I'm so proud to call this my church. I like that. Well done, you. Uh, This one, um, I'm in. And then this is fun. They said, not today, Satan. Okay. Okay, you're going through something, honey. Okay, I'm with you. Not today. Uh, this one, is, this is great. It says, I'm in. I'm a misfit. I like it. You name yourself. I like that. I like that. And this one, this, they were ready for, for game day. They were ready. They said, I'm in. And then lots of O's on this. So in a kind of like in a Ric Flair kind of vibe, it was like, whoa, let's go, Team Jesus. I like that. So let's go, Team Jesus. I, I love it. Uh, if you haven't filled out your RSVP card and you're like, man, dang it, I missed it, cool. Use this uh, QR code. Uh, you can do this right now while I'm talking. I, I, this is a good time to check out to do that. All right, so use that. If you didn't do your RSVP card, do that now. Or if you're watching online, they just dropped the link in the comments, and you can do that now. Uh, he's up to something, Right? You can, just, you can just feel it in the air. Uh, we're starting a new teaching series today on Super Bowl Sunday called For Everyone. For Everyone. For Everyone. You can read it however you need to read it. It's for, he, Jesus is for, let, right, everyone, right? Who's Jesus for? They're, okay, good. Who, who, who was Jesus for? The Bengals or the Rams? So, uh, so what's the spread? Yeah, yeah, see, I know, I know the people who are on Sportsbook, all right? But four, four, four and a half, right? Uh, so, so, you know, who'd you pick? <laughs> are they going to cover the spread? Yeah, yeah, they're going to cover the spread? Okay, all right. Uh, like, some of y'all are like, John, you can't talk like that. That's, that's, that's for me and my conversation with my bookie and my sports book and my sportsbetting.com. And, and that's for Caesars. Like, John, you can't talk like that. Come on, man. I'm one, one with the people. Like, 
Here's what I know. I don't know if Jesus was for the Bengals or for the Rams. I do know he's for your bookie. I do know he's for your bartender. I do know that. I do know that he's for the misfit. Thank God. I do know that. I do know that he is for the least lost, lonely, and less thans. And at some point, every single one of us, every person under the sound of my voice, has fallen into one of those four categories, right? You're either there now or you won one or all of those four, right? And praise God that our God says, hey, I see you and I am for you. He said, I have come to seek and save the lost. He said, I've come to save the world, not condemn it. I have come to bring good news to the poor, to set the captives free, so that the blind can see and bring freedom to the oppressed, says our Lord. He says that there's nothing that you can do that will separate you from his love. Nothing. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. I am baffled at the lengths that Jesus will go to show us that reckless love. The lengths he already went to to show us how much he loves us and wants to restore and redeem us in the relationship between God and his people. His people, you and, and me, like the, the, we, we, we're the point. You do know that, right? Like we are his mission. People. So, you know, track this forward. The whole point of this series is all about, you know, being on mission with Jesus and, and being for the people that Jesus is for. So if we want to be a church of misfits that is following Jesus, then we've got to be for who he's for and, and go where he went and love who he loved, right? And if his mission was people, then our mission is, yay, yes, we are all in the same class today in the book of Acts, a book that if you don't know this, like it's a book dedicated to the early actions of the church, the early church, first century church. And, and we read in the book of Acts, Acts 1.8, that Jesus is giving his final instructions to team Jesus. Acts 1.8 says this, you will receive what? Power. Who gives us that power? Whoa, that crazy cousin that most churches don't want to talk about. Hey, get used to talking about the Holy Spirit. He gives us power. And with that power, you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Those are our marching orders. That's our mission. Jesus tells us it starts with where? Starts with Jerusalem. Now, just so we're clear, I'm not telling you to pack your bags right now and go to be a missionary in Jerusalem, right? The Holy Spirit might lead you to do that, but that is not what our text is saying. When Jesus says it starts with Jerusalem, he's speaking to first century disciples who, for the most part, have oriented their lives around Jerusalem. So what is Jesus saying to us, John? Well, it starts with you and your Jerusalem, you and the place that you live, the, the circle around you, the, the places and people that you orient your life around. Be a witness right where you are. We're all witnesses to something. 
We're all showing something. Are you showing something that points people to Jesus? You know? But it doesn't stop there, right? It, it, doesn't, it doesn't just, like, we're supposed to be a witness beyond our comfort zone, right? Everybody nodding their head yes, right? Yes. How do I know this? Not because of me, because of Jesus. Jesus didn't say, I want you to go be a witness in Jerusalem, period. End of story, end of chapter, and scene. Like, it didn't, it didn't stop there. No, he said, tell the people about me everywhere. Throughout Judea, in, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, throughout Judea. This is what we're going to talk about next week. Uh, for, for us, uh, Judea, it means that, to be witnesses in the community around you. In Samaria, two weeks from now, it means to be a witness in, in places and cities filled with people that are not like you. <laughs> Jesus, are you telling me that you want me to go be a witness and build community with people that aren't like me? Yes, I died for them, he says. That's, that, 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 that's two weeks from now. And then the third week, Jesus says, I'm not telling you to stop there. I want you to go be my witnesses around the world to the ends of the earth. How will all of us use all that we have at our disposal to intentionally be witnesses around the world. These are our marching orders. This is where we're going. I'm sure a lot of you saw this, right? You saw this, right? Like, like you know, Money Mac. You know, you got a 22-year-old kid, right? I don't know if you know this, but, but he is, when he's not killing it on the field, he's hanging out with, like, the youth in the inner city with one of our partners back-to-back, you know, like sold out Jesus follower in post game, he's using his platform to say, hey, God is good. When a lot of 22-year-olds could be pointing to something else, he's saying, I'm pointing people to Jesus with all that I got. You're not perfect. Don't get up in that like, because, you know, anytime you do that to somebody, then you're like, well, then you pick him apart because I bet he doesn't die. Man, come on. Ain't nobody perfect except for Jesus Christ. Are we using all that we have? To point people to Jesus. Doesn't have to be these big monumental things, right? It, it, it's hey, hey, can, am, am, am I telling you that, that you matter? You know, that God is good. You know, how can we do that in every sphere of influence that we have? Today, my task is to talk to us about what our Jerusalem is. Like, what does it mean? For us to be for the one. John chapter 4, man, this is like one of my favorite stories that just laser focuses in on what it looks like to be for the one. In John chapter 4, uh, we read that Jesus, he's with his disciples and he's traveling and, and, and he's sharing the good news and, and, and he's on his way to Galilee, but he decides to go out of his way out of his way to Samaria. Now, this is not a normal place. Just a little history context right here. It's not a normal place for a Jew to go. There's serious history and racial tension between Jews and Samaritans. Jews would go out of their way to make sure they never go through Samaria. See, this is after, like, generations of war between these two regions and the population of Samaria was now made up of a mixed race. 
And, and they were part Assyrian and part Jewish, and the mixed race was hated by pure Jews. You know, it's like mudbloods, for those of you who know what I'm talking about, right? So, so why would Jesus go somewhere that no rabbi or religious leader would go, right? Why? John 4, verse 4, he says, Jesus says he had to go. He had to. That's very curious to me. Why does he have to go through Samaria? Why? Why? Everyone say for the one. For the one. He had to go even though any other good Jew and rabbi wouldn't go the way he went. He went out of his way to prove a point. Right? It'd be like me saying like, I, I have to go to that exit sign over there, the back door, right? I have to go, right? And lots of good Jews, they have to go that way, and so they would, they would go around Samaria, and if I were trying to get to that exit door, I would what? I would go through the, right, this is how Jesus would do it, though. It's like, I, I have to go this way, right? I have to go this way. I, I have to be somewhere. I got to meet with somebody. I, I have to go I thought you were going to Samaria. Why are you, Jesus, what are you doing? I don't know. Oh, okay. Let, let's figure out what the Bible says, right? Let's figure out what the Bible says. At John 4, 6, it says that now Jesus was tired. I'm tired. Anybody else tired? Anybody? Yeah, I'm, thank you, Dion. Like, like one person's honest in here. I'm tired. Jesus was tired, it said. It said, I'm going to read my Bible like you should. Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. He was alone at this time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. I like that. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. So she said to Jesus, you're a Jew, I'm a Samaritan woman, why are you asking me for a drink? Why are you asking, right? Now let me tell you something about this woman, okay? First, we don't know her name, right? And if you do... You, you win. That's it. <laughs> we don't know her name. The Bible doesn't give us, give us a name. So can we, give, can we give this woman some dignity? All right. So we're, let's call her Samantha from Samaria. Okay? Samantha. So Samantha's coming out in the middle of the day. It says noontime, right? Now why is she coming out in the middle of the day at noontime? Why? See, because in this culture... The only reason you would go to the well in the middle of the day in a hot climate is so that nobody else would be there because you're ashamed to be seen in public. She's ashamed. Any of you ever, ever be ashamed for something? I mean, I have. Raise my hand with my Bible. I have. You don't want to go places where there's a lot of people when you're in that season of being ashamed. You, you, 
you don't want to go. That's why a lot of people don't go to church because they feel like, man, it's very clear that I am carrying around shame and I don't want to go someplace where everybody else is going to see me carrying around this shame. So, so she, she, she's shamed, been shamed, ashamed. And let's be clear, she's made some unhealthy choices. All right, let, let's, uh, and I, let me raise my hand and be the first one. I've made some unhealthy choices. Anybody else? Just good. Thank you for the, I'm in the honest section. I'm in the honest section over here. This is the honest. Some of y'all got your hand up a little fast. We'll talk later. That's, that's very lovely. I, too, join you in your misery. She's made some choices that aren't healthy, right? Now, now why? Why does she, why do we, why is she ashamed? Because she's thirsty. Like, I don't mean, like, because, like, she needs a drink thirsty. I mean, like, do a quick urban dictionary definition thirsty. Some of you that are a little older than Gen X are curious and confused on what thirsty means. This ain't a Gatorade reference. Okay. Look it up. We love you and all are welcome here. She's thirsty. She's, she, she's putting herself out there trying to get something satisfied. She's craving something, attention, intimacy, satisfaction, acceptance, validation. She's thirsty. Jesus says, I got to go see about a woman because she is the one and goes out of his way to enter her world, right? He goes to her he doesn't say, man, I really hope that thirsty Samantha comes to church one day. No, he goes to her to some place that no good religious leader would ever go. So he goes out of his way and says, I'm going to see about a woman. Not like that. Don't get that twisted. I'm getting into a whole dirty place right there. And he uses this moment to teach us that this at this well, of all wells, at this moment with this woman, he is showing us what it looks like to be for the one. He goes out of his way to, to turn this woman's life upside down, to invite her into his kingdom mission, even though she's lived a life that religious people condemn. She says, I'm going to use you, Samantha. And let me tell you something, young blood. Isn't it good news that our purpose and our future is not determined by the perfection of our past? Somebody better put an amen to praise God on that something. Your purpose, your future is not determined by the perfection of your past. Aren't you so glad that your right now does not determine you're not yet? Some of y'all, if the game ended right now, your game of life, you'd be like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Your right now. That's good news 
That is so good news. See, Jesus, he sees, he sees Samantha at the well, right? And, and he knows he's about to turn her whole life upside down, right? And, but he keeps it real big chill, right? He's like, yeah, all right. Right? He doesn't like lead with, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go like, to this woman who's making these kind of choices, and I'm going to lead with judgment, and I'm going to say, like, you do know this is a sin, right? If you ever say that out of your mouth, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. I'm going to leave it right there because I'll say something I don't, can't say, Andrea. Okay? I'm coming for you. Don't you ever say that. Lead with love. I don't care what their thing is. In time, through relationship, when you have earned the right to be heard, you have earned the truth and respect that they know that you are for them, then have a loving conversation. Jesus shows us the posture and approach right here. He goes down, he keeps it real chill, and at first he's like, hey, can I get a drink? (laughs) Right? I mean, that's kind of how it reads in my Bible, right? And she doesn't know what to do with that, right? Because she definitely, not only does she know that he's a Jew and all that, like, and, and a rabbi, like, she doesn't know what to do with that because everybody else has led with a lot of other things, has led with a lot of other ways when it comes to this woman. And so she doesn't know what to do and respond with that. And so she's like, like, uh, and she just kind of like deflects, right? Right? And that's how we do. When God wants to like point and start to show up in certain areas of our life that we don't want him to go to, we, we deflect, right? And so Samantha's all like, hey, like how is it that you, uh, uh, a Jew, are asking me, a Samaritan woman, um, like to get you a drink? Like this isn't okay, right? She's deflecting. In other words, I know you're not talking to me, Jesus. Like don't talk to me. And, and, and we do this, Right? Like, some, some of you guys, like, you know, you listen to me, like, preach and get all worked up, and, you know, and you think, like, man, I hope my wife is hearing this right now. I can't wait. I hope she's hearing this. Man, this is for you, dude. This is for you. <laughs> it's not for her. Are you hearing this with your thirsty self? We're all thirsty. You, you do realize that, right? Every single person in this room online and you who are watching this on YouTube four years from now, you're thirsty. Every single one of us, we, we thirst for something, right? We don't maybe say it that way, but... but you're thirsty, you're thirsty for success, thirsty for acceptance, thirsty for sex, thirsty for religion, thirsty for attention and validation and compliments every single one of us. And it's not a sin to, to be thirsty, but where you get your fill determines whether or not your soul will be satisfied. So where do you go to get your fill? Where, where do you go for validation and acceptance? And don't you dare give me a Sunday morning churchy answer. Jesus. Come on, I need your third quarter, a six pack in, two shots down, real answer. I want the real answer. What well are you going to to get your fill? 
Let, 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 we're going we're gonna to be real, right? So, so where do you go to get your fill? Where, what, the gym? Is that where you go? You know, you, I'm going to get me some gains. Going to make sure I look good, right? Going to make sure I look good, right? So maybe if I look good, then maybe somebody will, will like me. I'll, maybe I can just snap a real quick pic without my shirt on, and I'll put a scripture verse on top of it. Said, I'm made of iron. I got a line of Judah in me. <sighs> you thirsty. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that too real? Oh, that's not you? TikTok. Uh-oh, 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 if I just get this video and just, it's so perfect, and if I just do it the right way and make sure, then I will feel the love and attention that I crave. No, no. oh, the, the, what's your well, the office, right? If I just get in enough hours, if I just work hard enough, if I just get that promotion, then I'll pro- finally prove to my dad that I'm not a failure. No, maybe your well is the neighbor next door, right? You know, if I just gossip enough, you know, with my friend, you know, and we talk about them enough, then I won't be realize how miserable I am about my life and the choices I make. What is your well? We all got one. We all dip our bucket somewhere. Don't act like you don't. You know how I know? Because a lot of y'all... You asked me to be your friend on Facebook. <laughs> like, like you do know that I see what you, you do know that people see what you post, right? <laughs> like, this is amazing. Like, you asked your pastor, you invited your pastor in to see where you dip your bucket. And it breaks my heart to see how thirsty and hurting our community is. Community so desperate for others to validate like our opinions. Or, or whatever the most recent political or social issue is, thinking that what? Like, like that, that if, if enough people like my post or join in my comments and in my opinion, then this will somehow validate my existence? How is that bringing unity within the body, let alone going after the one? It's not. It's just thirsty. Yeah, I know a lot of people are going to unfollow me now. I'm okay with that. <laughs> a lot of y'all are thinking like, well, how, how far back does my Facebook go? <laughs> how, what post did I put up during the election season? Did it bring about unity or division? Was it pointing people to Jesus? Was it chasing after the one? Family, we're we're thirsty because the well has run dry. And see, chances are you've probably been taking your bucket 
to one of three wells. They're the big three. The big three that, that overpromise and underdeliver. People, politics, and porn. And all, all, all of us will dip our bucket in one of those three. And all three, they're like, a, they're like warm Gatorade on a summer day. Right? Like they're sugary and sweet and, and they say they're going to quench my thirst, but they, they just leave you more thirsty, wanting more, needing more. You're going to a well that won't deliver. Right? So, so, so Jesus, he, he, he sits down at this well and, and he says to Samantha, he says, hey, um, I need a drink. And she's all like, why are you talking to me? In verse 10, so Jesus replies, Samantha, if you only knew, if you only knew, that's a word for, for you right now. If you only knew what God can do in your life if you actually took your bucket to him. If you only knew the gift God has for you and who you're speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. And then she still doesn't get it, right? She's like, but sir, but you don't have a rope or a bucket. (laughs) You know, this well is very deep. Where, Where would you go to get living water? In verse 13, Jesus replies, anyone who drinks from this water at your well, you know, like, will soon become thirsty again. (laughs) But those who drink the water that I will give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring from within them giving eternal life and she's like please sir give me this water then I'll never be thirsty again and I won't have to come back here you can feel the pain in her voice I won't have to come here to get water Right? She's like, listen, if there's some bottomless well, so some place with free refills, you know we love our free refills, right? Like, is there some place I can get free refills so I won't have to keep coming back here? I won't have to keep coming back making this walk of shame to the well. I won't have to keep coming back and, and, and killing myself at the office. I won't have to keep sexting this guy. I won't have to keep looking to others for value and validation. I won't have to keep being so thirsty. And Jesus is like, okay, I can help. I can help, but first, savage Jesus, but uh, go and get your husband. And Samantha's like, see, what had happened was uh, about that. She said, I, 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 don't, I don't have a husband, you know, which is true, you know, but it's not the total truth you know how we do you know and Jesus says hey you're right you don't have a husband you've had five husbands and you aren't even married to the man that you're living with right now you certainly speak the truth right Jesus is trying to tell her before you can move forward we've got to be honest where where we've been you got to be honest where where you've been We have to invite Jesus into the honest, dark places of our lives so that he can shine a light on them and they can't have their power on us anymore once the light is let in. So he can break the chains that are holding you back from becoming the person that God created you to be. You've got to invite Jesus and his people into the real you, the messy you, to stop hiding 
to stop putting up a facade like you've got it all together. What is that doing for you? To, to stop this thinking that if I can just hide it, no one will find out. If I can just, you know, take my bucket over here to this well, then everything will be okay. Or if I can take my bucket over here where everybody else seems to have it all together. And over, if I take my bucket over here, then no one will see how messed up I am. You're taking your bucket to the wrong places, right? Stop bringing your empty buckets to empty wells. Samantha's whole life is turned upside down and transformed because Jesus showed up for her, the real her, and invited her into something new. Verse 28 says, the woman left her water jar, her bucket beside the well, and she ran back to the village telling everyone. This is a fulfillment of Acts 1-8 before Acts 1-8 was ever, like you do know that the numbers weren't a part of the original manuscripts, right? That's just a man-made thing, right? She's a fulfillment of what Acts 1-8 looks like. She becomes this witness telling everyone about him everywhere, right? Verse 28 says she left her bucket and ran. She used to walk with shame. Now she runs with a savior. Because when you follow Jesus, things can change. (laughs) Things can change. Samantha came to a well, thirsty, with a bucket. But after meeting Jesus, she left her bucket and she ran to tell everyone she could. She didn't need a bucket anymore because she was the bucket. You are the bucket. Fill me up, Jesus. I want that good stuff. I want the good stuff, Jesus. Now, why does this matter for us in a a, a series and in a call of action to, to be the church, right? Before we can be sent out to go after the one, we gotta make sure that we're going to the right well. Are you going to the right well? Because otherwise, you're just pouring out your brokenness into someone else's bucket. What well are you going to? Are, are, you, are you taking living water to the one? Jesus showed up in her life. He went to her. And then he invited her into a new life. A kingdom life. Who is the one person in your life that you need to show up for? And then invite in. If we are for every one, who is that one for you? Right now, who is it? Shouldn't be hard. We all got one. You see them? You see their face? How can you show up for them? How can you go out of your way to go with the living water, the hope of Jesus Christ, 
that could rescue them from their despair? How can you go out of your way to go to the places that they go and hang out with them right where they are? Will you invite them into your life, your real life? Let them see how messy it is. It will take the burden off of them. When you show them that it's okay to bleed, then it's like, I don't have to hide anymore. Who is your one? Will you go after them and invite them in into the real you? Will you invite them into a relationship that will change everything?